Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. This is the Ocean Protect podcast, talking about the issues that face our oceans and what we can do about it. Presented by Ocean Protect, committed to change. Tim Silverwood, welcome to the Ocean Protect podcast again. Again, I'm back. <laughs> Thanks for having me a second time. I must have done something right the first one. Well, actually, has, has anyone actually come back? Uh, Laura, Laura Wells. Yeah. yeah, Laura Wells was the first. We've actually done twice, but she was almost like a captured audience. She was stuck in a hotel quarantine after after her expedition trip. You've never had a female call you back quicker, mate. Hey, do you want to have a chat? <laughs> <laughs> But Tim is the first one to voluntarily, shall we say, yeah. uh, under his own free will, join us uh, again. So, again, thanks, Tim. Yeah, and, and sort of wearing one of those different hats, which I guess we're going to talk about today. But yeah. That was, uh, I guess that's, yeah, that's a big revelation since last time we were on the potty. First and foremost, because we are living in a different land at the moment, uh, I don't know where you are. Brad's up in his house. You're in isolation. Tell us where you are, Tim. Yeah, so I'm in my home on Sydney's northern beaches. We have a spare room that had been always earmarked as being a home office. So, of course, once I was forced into isolation, it was a bit of a shuffle around, make some space. And I'm actually really comfortable. I've got the living sort of bedroom at the other side of the, of the house and here I am here. So it's become my little domain and I'm really enjoying it. And this is where I record uh, my podcast, the, the new Ocean Impact Podcast. And actually, I um, I did notice something on social media, and mate, you're very, very good at social media, I might add. I mean, I, you're just, Brad's so jealous, but I saw you making your office and putting out the lovely images of the waves, and you actually did it all. I, I, can I ask you, did you pre-measure where you're putting them? Or was there any pre-work into it? Because the spacing looks pretty bloody good. <laughs> Let's just say it wasn't the first take that you saw on social <laughs> media channels. <laughs> And I actually like I had the logo in the middle, I think, originally, and now the logo is off to one side. So, yeah, there was a couple of takes, mate. I'm not that perfect. In comparison, I'm looking at Jeremy's uh, backdrop in his uh, recording studio slash garage. I can see a dirty old rag hanging from uh, the wall. Uh, there's obviously a fridge, uh, some tools, surfboard I can see. A well, beautiful uh, car if we were to turn the camera around. Yeah, yeah mate. You know, like, <laughs> hey, look, geez, that's the opposite of you, like you, you big reader. You know, you just read stuff, you know. <laughs> These are just pretend, but I've, yeah. got a, I've got a library full of books uh, that I try and impress people with, basically. And if but, we're uh, lucky, the ukulele might come out for a little yeah. session towards yeah. the end and cameo. <laughs> yeah, but look, actually, to be honest, so Tim, last time we spoke with you, it was almost exactly a year. And like you indicated before, you were wearing a, a different hat as 
a CEO of the wonderful organization that is Take Three. But now you're actually wearing a different hat as co-founder of this very intriguing organization called Ocean Impact Organization. So been 12 months since we've spoken. So Wind is back, mate. Wind is back. How's this all come about? Yeah, well, the actual story behind departing Take Three and starting Ocean Impact Organization goes back even longer. You've got to remember that Take Three for the Sea, it started back in 2009 when I was 29 years old and it just served such a fulfilling role for my enthusiasm for environmentalism for a decade, right? Up Mm -hmm. until really probably 2018 was when I first started realizing, oh my gosh, I'm going to turn 40 in 2020. Am I going (laughs) to sign up for another decade at the helm of Take Three? Or am Mm -hmm. I going to acknowledge that what I've done here is actually enough and that it can have some new energy and new perspective in that leadership position? So I verbalized it, of course, first and foremost with my co-founders, Amanda and Roberta, and the whole intimate team and the board of directors. And so we had a very long process. But yeah, it was back in 2018 when it really started to form. I met my co-founder at OIO, Nick Chiarelli, and it just sort of spawned in my mind that there was something beyond not only Take Three for the Sea and all the brilliant work we were doing on plastic pollution and waste, but another another model of how to create change. So Whilst OIO is a non-profit organization, it's focused on building businesses that have impact at their core that are purpose-driven to create the sustainable future that we all want to see. So, of course, I'm an absolute advocate and fan for continued work in the charitable space and mobilizing civil society and doing the best that the non-profit sector can do. But I'm absolutely intrigued, even though I'm a complete newbie, at trying to figure out what does a world look like where business is an ultimate force for good because that to me is where we get down to the real nitty-gritty and we start to create a beautiful, sustainable future with conscious capitalism and B Corps and, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, and I think we should, before we get too down in the detail of Ocean Impact, I think credit where it's due. Like you're at Take Three for 10 years and seven months, I believe. And <laughs> yeah. I think you were a, a major part of taking that organization into a, almost, I guess, an idea into something that has been a international success and ha- has had a huge impact worldwide. So first up, just congratulations on that incredible legacy. It is a legacy. And, and I'm not taking anything away from your co-founders, amazing people, mm. don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, but you are certainly, I guess, more of the face of it. And look, in my little Instagram posts and LinkedIn posts and, and a social presence to do with our company, you, you know, I, I I know what it takes. And, and, and I mean, you were quite literally changing people's behavior all around the world. Yeah. yeah. Right, hats off to you, bro. It's, um, it's, it, look, it's nice to see you in a different role, personally. You know what I mean? It's nice to see you taking on a different challenge. But yeah, to Brad's point. Take a step back, you know, have a beer. Well done. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, that's what it felt like. For, for a long time when I was pondering what a future outside of being the leader of Take 3 looked like, it was pretty hard and it was really unnerving and filled me with anxiety to think for a second that by me stepping away, it would put this beautiful organisation, this beautiful movement at risk. And mm. so that's probably why... I really did spend a huge amount of time 
strategizing my departure and making sure I took the slow road. Admittedly, you know, I'm an advocate for the slow life in that way. <laughs> you know, you can, you can look at take three and go, oh, wow, look at what it was able to achieve. It took 10 years. That's a really, really <laughs> long time. So I've always taken things very slow and steady and very calculated. And I did the same thing, I think, with this departure. So I can only hope that, you know, it's next phase with Sarah Beard, who I've had a very long and wonderful friendship and professional association with. I'm just so thoroughly excited about what it can do with new leadership, new perspective, new direction. And we're in a new decade. We're in a new world. So let's go and see what Take 3 can do next. And I'm an ambassador. I'm still an ambassador for the organization. And I'm, of course, I'm a, I'm a co-founder and I'll always be recognized as such. And just to clarify for those listeners uh, who may not be familiar with Take 3. Oh, uh, come on, a, come on. Who's look, not familiar very, with I Take 3? I just want three. to cross all the T's and dot all the I's. It's a very simple message, but it has had enormous impact. So the key message is to essentially take three pieces of rubbish with you when you leave the beach or waterway or pretty much anywhere. And as a result, you make a difference. And that has gone global. Oh, mate, it's gone global. My uh, mum, Candy, uh, and actually Tim might remember this. <laughs> yeah, I do. Uh, about a year ago, she did a wee post on our – she thought it was my private Instagram post, meaning Ocean Protect. And she goes, what about take uh, take eight for the lake? She lives in Lake Wanaka. And I'm like, mum, it's, it's – it's me, you know, don't, you can't do that. So, no, it did. It, it obviously went all the way to Wanaka, but it had, I mean, how many countries took part in it, Tim? Oh, yeah. It's yeah. 130 yeah. countries. Oh, just um, 130 countries. But who's counting, yeah. really? Who's counting? <laughs> You're a big deal. And and look, Take Three is a massive deal. But look, I, like, I'm, I'm really keen, obviously, to, obviously, there was a, there's, there's a new chapter now, but I'm keen to sort of, uh, get your thoughts and what, basically, what was it like taking this verbalized idea of, some quasi ocean impact idea and making it a reality. So it's one thing to have an idea. It's another thing for it to become reality. Yeah. And look, the story there is that you know, my co-founder, Nick Chiarelli, he really is the brains behind ocean impact organization. So to even sort of further complicate what that transition moment looked like, I was throwing all sorts of ideas around. There was even a moment when I was talking with some you know, some philanthropists and change makers about setting up a brand new non-profit organization to sort of do some hardcore advocacy on waste issues and this transition to a circular economy. So I could have just as easily been strapped into the non-profit mm-hmm. world in that dedicated charity role for another decade. But Nick came out of the woodwork. I was introduced to him by Sarah Rickards, who's an incredible sort of connector and change maker. And she'd heard about what Nick's plans were and she knew that I was getting a little bit, you know, um, restless and thinking about my next move. And lo and behold, we had a coffee together in, in Narrabeen in the Northern Beaches and it went from this sort of conversation of just sort of checking each other out to like by the end of the meeting, are we sort of, was that our first date? And so we just started to spend um, more and more time together and because I suppose I've had two co-founders before with Take Three, I know how critically important it is mm-hmm. to to get that relationship right. So the dating process took a really long time. It was all driven by who are you, what are your values, how do you work, like what are your long-term goals? And so we we really pressure tested ourselves while simultaneously pressure testing Nick's vision for how we could actually build an accelerator, like an incubator for startups and businesses that wanted to create impact for the ocean, positive impact for the ocean. And as I said before, I'm a real newbie to this space. Like I know the nonprofit sector in that traditional charity sense, but 
I'm by no means experienced in the world of, of business and startups and accelerators and incubators and all these terms I'm getting familiar with, mm. let alone impact investing, which is the ultimate end goal of Ocean Impact Organization is if we succeed and we can bring together wonderful innovators and entrepreneurs to build successful businesses, then we're going to need a lot of investment mm. to drive that impact. And so we're getting into territory that I am putting my hand up and saying, I don't know a lot about this, but I'm very eager to learn. So lo and behold, we've we spent a long time, over 18 months planning and strategizing how we'd build it, what it would do and how. And uh, and we launched it in, in, in March this year. So it's brand new. It's really yeah. quite new. Mate, can you, um, and look, I might add that uh, I, I know your business partner, Nick. Tell us a bit about Nick because uh, he's, a, he's a lovely guy. He's only about three weeks older than me. So we're the same age. We both surf. We both have an absolute affinity and passion for the ocean. But we are at other ends of the spectrum when you look at us on paper. So Nick is a chartered accountant. His previous role was chief financial officer for a data security startup that he took from being on milk crates, scrapping around trying to get their first leg up to then ending up having offices in the US and the UK and listing on the Australian Stock Exchange and having a valuation of $300 million. And he just brings with him this incredible insight and now for business, particularly for startups, as well as this incredibly pragmatic acknowledgement that if we are going to have a sustainable future, we need conscious capitalism and we need to have impact-driven, purpose-fueled B Corps. We need to change the game. We need business as unusual. And so that's where we meet. Our vision for the future is so, so clear, yet we come from very different ends of the spectrum. And it's a, it's a beautiful thing. I've actually never felt so incredibly strong and supported in an endeavour as I do with Nick. And we've also got you know three other fantastic team members, a brilliant advisory board, and lots and lots of people throwing their support behind us. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's, it's all... <laughs> I know, I know. As you're describing this, <laughs> as you're describing this, you know, polar opposite personalities and whatever, I'm looking at Jeremy. I'm like... <laughs> oh, God. Jeez, that's funny. There's look. no similarities. Hey, but, no, no, but look, no, there is. And Brad, you'll know, and uh, Wix has been a, uh, a guest on the show. He's going to come on a bit more. The very talented Michael Wix, who is, is the co-founder of Ocean Protect, I mean, Tim, you've met him. I mean, physically, we can't look any different. You know, we are just the exact opposite people, but we're great friends. And I could not do, and our team could not do what we do without the leadership of both of us because we are both so different. Occasionally, someone will say, hey, I'll go ask Jeremy. If he says no, then I'll go ask Mike. So that, that <laughs> always happens. But genuinely, it, it, is, it is the foundation of anything. With Brad and I, it's foundation of the way we communicate what we're doing. And yeah, Brad, I mean, shit, I get hate mail from vegans. What else can you say? <laughs> yeah, look, I think I think the uh, differences between myself and Jeremy are well documented. So there's probably no need to go into detail. But I think there is great strength in diversity as well. Like I think if you're going into a partnership with someone who's just like you, there's almost too much overlap. And obviously, as a result, there's always areas that partnership may actually be deficient in. Whereas if you've got two individuals with different skills, abilities and strengths and interests, but fundamentally uh, similar core values, I think that can be a, a very positive thing and can yeah. subsequently achieve 
great outcomes. And I guess that's the sort of the next question I had was, okay, so what, what actually is Ocean Impact Organisation and what, what are you actually trying to achieve? What is your core mission? The simplest thing that we say when we're describing OIO is that we exist to help people start, grow and invest in businesses that positively impact the ocean. And then the next bit of the conversation is, well, we live on planet ocean, right? We've been sort of naive and egotistical enough to call it planet Earth, but it's planet ocean, right? It's blue. Mm-hmm. And more of the habitable space exists in the ocean than it does on land. I had some brilliant statistics, which I'm probably going to stuff up because I don't have my notes in front of me, but something like if you were to compress the atmosphere, all the gases in the atmosphere, mm-hmm into liquid, you end up with one eleventh of the amount of liquid that exists in the ocean. It's just incredible. So it's planet ocean. And if we can collectively look at the planet through the lens of the ocean, I think we're going to make very different decisions about how we sustain it in the long term. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. So you can be anything. You can be someone who creates energy from the ocean. You can be someone who is into fishing, but you want to do it better than the damaging practices that currently take fish from the ocean. You can be looking at how you can improve transport. 90% of the goods that we touch and feel every day have moved by ships across the ocean. Mm -hmm. And there's all sorts of problems associated with that. So modest improvements there. You can look at how you can do marine permaculture and start to grow carbon sequestering kelp that not only draws down huge amounts of carbon from the ocean, but maybe it creates food that can go into the cattle industry to reduce methane emissions. Mm. You can do things like you guys are doing where you're improving engineering solutions and infrastructure to stop pollution leaving the catchment. There is so many different business opportunities that will make a positive impact on the ocean. So we want to help them. What we are is we're a startup accelerator and an incubator first and foremost. So we're currently trying to get as many businesses as possible to talk to us and say, hey, we need help and we're like, we'll help you. Uh, Look, for me being uh, someone who's really gone through that term, Wixie and I looked at each other and we had one other business partner, but but without having a a support network, I mean, that's how so many startups fail. Um, 
you know, leadership, mentors, access to finances, you know, it is the number one thing, you know. So many people have got so many great ideas out there, but unless they can, you know, get it to a commercialization situation, and a lot of them bloody fail. So if anyone is out there listening and they've got a good idea, mate, go and see these guys. What's your website, Tim? It's ocean-impact.org. And you can go there and you can just fill out a simple register your interest and then you're on our database. But of course, you can follow our socials where everything we're going to be doing in the future will be communicating about that. And we can talk more about that. And yeah, yeah, we will because the socials are very good. I believe he's got an up and coming podcast with uh, <clears throat> Jeremy Brown some, at some stage. Um, so That's make right. sure you check them out. <laughs> okay. So just diving a little bit deeper because I love going deeper. So, mate, what could I expect as someone with an idea? to come to you? What what do you provide? What are you offering? If I've got a great idea, I want to make, you know, recycled sneakers or whatever. If I came to you, what, what would you guys do to help me grow my idea? Yeah. So in the first instance, we've got to fill this funnel of people with ideas. That's why the first thing would be to express your interest and register on the website now. We are in the midst of developing our first program offering. So this is a bit of a, a news drop for you guys. But for World Oceans Day this year, 2020, we are going to start putting a call out for applications to run essentially a bit of a pitch fest. So we're going to then start to filter through all those applications, use a great deal of due diligence and have all sorts of experts helping to assess those. And then we are going to start to celebrate the ones that really are poised to go and do great things. Mm. And that's when you then start to offer up a whole range of services, so whether that's legal, financial support, and a big focus on how you can become great communicators and storytellers. Because this is really the key to why I've thrown the kitchen sink at this thing is because I think that if we can build a movement around purpose-driven businesses for the ocean, we can really change the game yeah. because we've done all the other hard work. We've done the winning of the hearts and minds. People care in great numbers now about the state of the ocean mm. and about the state of the planet. What we haven't done is, to Jeremy's point before, is supported those innovators and entrepreneurs out there to actually do their best work. And to me, the realisation is now, we should be giving them all the support they need. So to your earlier question, Jeremy, like we haven't got that level of detail ironed out yet. We've still got to find corporate sponsors. We've got to get some support from the government and increase the portfolio of investors that we have. But ideally, if we do well and we get that level of funding and support, then we're going to be able to give you as a startup coming to us a lot of support, including mm -hmm. money to get out there and get you to success as quickly as possible. Or if you're going to fail, fail quickly because I want you back on the horse with a revised and rejigged version of how you're going to create positive impact. Yeah, that's that's the key. You need people to be listening to this to be going, hey, I've got a really good idea. I'll tell you what, I, I can't think of a better organisation and knowing you personally and knowing Nick personally and knowing a bit more of the behind-the-scenes detail, these guys are the goods. You know, they've got access to high net worth individuals from an investment point of view. They've got the greatest minds in so many different sectors around them. They are they're set up for it. So I encourage anyone out there, jump on the website. They won't care. At least you've put it out there. This is your idea. And then you're involved in discussion. I mean, the idea may not be quite right, but with a bit of experience, they might tweak it. So please jump on that website, 
be a part of it. And, um, mate, you never know, Ocean Protect might be lining up. <laughs> <laughs> it, I guess it's all about effective altruism, essentially uh, doing good better. So a lot of people have good ideas, but they, they, they can spin their wheels for years and sometimes a lifetime. And often people with the best intentions just don't get the outcomes, I guess, they're fundamentally achieving. And, and sometimes a whole bunch of resources can be put into initiatives that really aren't as effective as they could otherwise be. Obviously, you guys are sort of finding your feet a little bit and sort of, I guess, learning as you go. But I think that's, uh, I guess, symptomatic of the fact that you are in a niche that really isn't being explored at the moment. So for sure, you'll be learning as you go. And and, and I, I guess yourselves will make mistakes and learn from them as well. But the fact that you guys are there providing this service and opportunity is really exciting. Yeah. I mean, we're actively seeking the great disruptors out there who can rewrite the way we do things in the future. But we ourselves are being disruptive in the mm-hmm. way of, that we're doing this and thinking about things. And and that's why, like, I mean, I hope it's coming out in my, my energy and enthusiasm for this, but also this realisation, like, I was not going to leave Take 3 for the Sea and the incredible work and the trajectory that I was on to go and do something half-baked. Like, if mm. this thing succeeds and we do ultimately change the investment landscape because all this money is pouring into businesses that are, you know, they're like B Corps. They are fundamentally built to do good, then we can rewrite the way that we do things in the future. This is like capitalism 2.0. So that's why I get so fired up about it. Yeah. And, and, and like I said, this hasn't really been there before. Like we've seen various sort of, I guess, uh, entrepreneurial or you know, big a cash being put towards various initiatives. Like uh, uh, the one that springs to mind is you know, Twiggy Forest committing uh, $300 million to the war against plastic pollution. And that's a wonderful sort of thing for him to be doing. But if you're Twiggy, uh, where do you start? Like uh, what is the most effective way of battling uh, against plastic pollution? And then you see sort of other initiatives like the Ocean Cleanup uh, led by Boyne Slat. You think, well, that's, that's raised an enormous amount of money. But is that use of money, the best way to actually tackle ocean plastic pollution as, as just two examples. Yeah, exactly right. And I mean, I think at the end of the day, you need it all. You need this diversity. Yeah. You need this breadth of approach. But what I've recognized that we need is people that are willing to do business as unusual. Business mm. as unusual is an exciting prospect because we keep talking about how much business as usual is just sending us down this one-way street. Yeah. So that's why I just say, yeah, if you are out there and this is sort of pricking your ears up a little bit, then just come and say hello. Join the, join the tribe, join the community because whether you're going to be ready to go and apply for one of the cohorts now or it's going to be two years away, maybe we, when things settle back to normal, we'll start running some hackathons and eco sprints and virtual offerings where you can just meet and talk to other people that maybe share mm. the same appetite that you have. The idea you have now might be very different to the idea you end mm. up furthering in a couple of years' time but join the, the values-driven mission to create, and this is our mission statement, if you care about creating an abundant and sustainable ocean through inspiration, innovation, leadership, and good business, then come say good day. I guess, I guess a question, not that I have much cash to splash, but if you're a potential investor like a, a Twiggy Forest, am I best just to essentially reach out to yourself uh, or Ocean Impact and say, look, I'm, I'm wanting to do something good. Uh, I'd love to hear about some ideas or initiatives that you've got sort of on your books. Yeah. So there's, there's basically three tabs on the website where you can register your interest. So it can mm-hmm. be a startup, you can be a founder or someone interested in setting up a startup. 
you can be a mentor. So maybe you're sitting there listening to this going, gee, I know a lot about like stopping PFAS from, you know, getting into waterways and river systems or I know how to, you know, reduce fertilizer runoff from sugarcane industries or I've got a few ideas of how we can reduce sharks dying in shark nets. So if you're a mentor, then join in because that connectivity between the right founder and mentors is essential to the success of this model. Mm -hmm. And the third tab is investors. So you could be a ma and pa investor with a small bit of money to to start wanting to put into impact-driven projects or you could be a big institutional investor you can register your interest. And obviously, you know, we're raring to go to start getting out there and showing how many good businesses there are that are, you know, investment ready. And then we start that matchmaking service and we start to set up the um, infrastructure to invest in these businesses. And obviously, the opportunities are massive. The ocean is massive. It's often a very, and we're talking to Jennifer Lavers about this, Dr. Jennifer Lavers from Tasmania in our recent podcast, how poorly understood the ocean is actually and previous to Jennifer Lavers we're talking to Corey Hancock aka the environmental cowboy about the potential sorry there's so much content here because um, (laughs) mate the environmental cowboy have you ever come across him Corey Hancock (laughs) I follow him on socials I can't wait to meet the guy he seems hilarious he's fantastic he's fantastic and mate shirt off to him (laughs) You know, off, shirt off, all you know, off. No, because he's like he's obviously a good-looking human, but he's really smart. Double degree, works for a mining company, but he goes, "Well, I'm I'm teaching the mining company better practices, so it's a bit of an oxymoron." But he's out there having a go. And what he was talking about, his biggest thing was seaweed farming, mining CO two out of the atmosphere, and then either using it then to store it down in the ocean, like deep, or to use it for you know to feed cattle, et cetera. Uh, so can we dive into that? Yeah, look, well, very quickly. So, yeah, we had Corey on to talk about essentially the potential of using seaweed farms on a mass scale for essentially drawing down CO2. But 10% of our ocean. Yeah, yeah. Like he used the example if he used uh, seaweed farms across 10% of our ocean, we'd actually offset our CO2 uh, footprint. But look, that aside, there's uh, economically speaking, there's also enormous economic potential for a a seaweed sort of industry far greater than there is currently. So that was one idea that sounds amazing, but it'd be great to take that as as an idea and bounce it around a whole bunch of- I want 10%. No, I'm just going to come out and say it. All we're doing is hooking Tim up with Corey. He's Corey's already got the idea. But this is how our communication works. That someone like Corey to meet Tim in this current format is exactly what we're talking about. And that's why when you talked about that, I immediately Brad and I looked at each other even via Zoom and went, hey, yeah. these, these guys need to hook up. He's very ambitious. He's got great ideas. He's really smart, great communicator, which is, you know, all the points that you've spoken about, you know, in this chat. But, yeah, in the absence of this sort of medium or organization of ocean impact organization, how how, how would a guy like Corey and a, and a guy like Tim uh, catch up? Like, you know, Tim sort of looks in from afar and goes, oh, Corey's a bit out there uh, getting his shirt off. But th- that's the beauty, I think, of this uh, ocean impact organization. It just creates that sort of medium where – ideas can come together with investment and obviously technical expertise from various fronts to essentially achieve a better outcome for our oceans. Essentially, again, just doing good by our oceans better than what we are currently doing. Yeah. And I think when it comes to deeply technical projects like offshore seaweed farming Mm -hmm. and everything associated with it, 
you know, there's probably a lot of people that have had that idea and that realization for a long time, but just not known where on earth to go to take it to commercialization. So one of the things, the first kind of partnership that we developed with OIO was with Sydney Institute of Marine Sciences. So the director, managing director, Peter Steinberg, sits on our advisory board and has been a wonderful mentor. And you sort of realize that right across Australia, we have some of the best marine research institutions yeah. that the world has to offer. And these people are coming up with the most brilliant ideas of how we can mitigate the damage we're causing to planet ocean, but they just don't have that last little bit of secret source in how to actually commercialize these projects. So some of the best research out there is still sitting in a filing cabinet somewhere in documentation that no one will ever read or see. So a big goal for us is to say, why on earth, if Australia has got these institutions, these incredible researchers, why aren't we doing the last piece of the puzzle, which is helping them to commercialise? Because Australia should be a world leader when it comes to this. Oh, hats off, mate. I totally agree. But I totally agree with you. And Corey, talking about capitalism, he was like, guys, we're not going to change capitalism by the time we f*** up the ocean. We need investment. And he goes, you know, and and and... That's sort of a similar sort of retreat to what you're saying. I, I totally agree, and, and hats off to, to what you're saying and, and how you're approaching it, Tim. It's, it's very profound. To give an example, like, and Jeremy will attest to this, we were both at a, a litter conference in Sydney last year, and it was amazing that, uh, just sitting with so many different non-government organisations, basically non-for-profits, who are really all got great ideas, but essentially are running with uh, or trying to operate with just no budget, no investment whatsoever, and basically trying to uh, walk around cap in hand, trying to get government grants. And it's really hard getting money out of government, maybe rightfully so, but if you've got individuals or groups that are willing to invest uh, in various initiatives... Yeah, to sort of facilitate those relationships would be amazingly positive. Thanks for listening to the Ocean Protect podcast. Episodes are released weekly and the next episode will feature part two of this chat. If you'd like to find out more about us and what we do, check us out at oceanprotect.com.au.